Hey, just a quick note before we get into the show. Every episode this season comes with a tremendously detailed write-up of all the core ideas and strategies that you're about to learn. Plus, I always share extra reading and resources for those of you who want to dig deeper into the topic. So if you're looking to get even more value out of this, go check out the show notes for this episode at filmfreedomshow.com 12. So without any further ado, here's the show. The year was 1954, and a young Roger Bannister was looking to achieve the impossible. He was attempting to run a mile in under four minutes. Yet, at the time, nobody thought he could do it. The best doctors and scientists had concluded that the human body just wasn't capable of the feat. It would buckle and break under the pressure, they said. Yet, that didn't deter Bannister. He trained and trained and trained every single day. And eventually, he began to see the sub-four-minute mile not just as possible, but something he had to do. And on May 6th, 1954, he got his shot. The conditions weren't ideal. It was a brisk day and the track was wet. But he knew that if he waited, someone else would break the record before him. So Bannister took off around the track. And as he began his last lap, he was just a hair behind where he needed to be in order to break the record. He needed to do that last lap in 59 seconds or less. So he gave it everything he had, every last ounce of energy. And as he crossed the finish line, he collapsed in exhaustion. Over the loudspeaker, his time was announced. Three minutes, 59 seconds, and four tenths of a second. Roger Bannister had done the impossible. He'd not only proved to himself that he was capable of more than he thought, of more than society thought he could do, but he proved it to everybody. And sure enough, it was only 46 days until somebody beat his time. I tell you this little story because it highlights the power of what we're talking about in today's episode. Your beliefs, the stories you tell yourself about what's possible, and how some beliefs hold you back from reaching your potential. Trust me, of all the years I've been studying psychology and personal development, this is the most useful, powerful thing I've learned, hands down, without a doubt. And today, we are going to dive into it and talk about how to actually build beliefs that serve you and help you achieve whatever you want to as a filmmaker. But first, I gotta drop in a quick message from one of my sponsors this season. So I'll be right back. Freedom. It's one of the core values with everything I do these days. I mean, it's even baked into the name of this podcast. And that is why I'm so excited to welcome Black Box as a sponsor this season. Because while I plan to arm you with the tools to achieve mental freedom or psychological freedom, Black Box arms you with the tools for financial, creative, and collaborative freedom. Now, the Black Box platform does some pretty rad things, too many to tell you about here. But the gist of it is this. It enables you to build a portfolio of intellectual property and profit from it for years to come. It frees you up to do more of what you love 
and focus less on the business side of distributing your work. So to learn more about how Blackbox can help you earn your independence, go to blackbox.global slash freedom. Again, that's blackbox.global slash freedom. All right, back to the show. So let's start with the basics. What are beliefs? Quite simply, they're stories that we've constructed in our own heads about how the world works and our place and our capabilities within that world. And oftentimes these stories are formed unconsciously without us even knowing it. Now, the purpose of beliefs is simply to help us make sense of the chaos of the world and navigate the uncertainty of life. And some beliefs are just flat out essential, and they should be set in stone because they're fundamentally underpinned by something true, either um, in like the physical laws of nature or in society. So that's beliefs like, if I put my hand on this hot stove, I'm going to burn the shit out of my hand. Or if I run naked through this shopping mall, I'm probably going to get tackled by a security guard before getting hauled off to jail. So beliefs like that are just essential for keeping ourselves safe and also operating within civil society, because without civil society, there's really no filmmaking. On the other hand, though, many of our beliefs aren't underpinned by any kind of fundamental truth like that. And these are most often in the realm of what we believe about other people and their motivations, about society and how it functions, and since we're filmmakers, about the industry and what it takes to get a film made, and most importantly, about ourselves and our capabilities. Beliefs about these things are most often assumptions that are based on incomplete information or information that is just completely untrue, but we heard it at some point in our life and formed a belief around it. And that's really the problem here, because we treat many of these untrue or incomplete beliefs with the exact same level of reverence as we would with beliefs about burning ourselves on hot stoves or running naked through public. So these are the beliefs that get us into trouble and stop us from reaching our potential. So let's just back up a little bit and talk about why beliefs are so important within this context of, of filmmaking and succeeding as a filmmaker. It all comes down to this simple string of logic. Our beliefs shape our actions and our actions shape our habits, and our habits shape our future. So beliefs are really the foundation for taking the right kind of action in our lives and doing it consistently. If we don't have the right kind of beliefs, we'll never take the proper actions to build the future we want. And unfortunately, it is as simple as that. So let's get a little bit more specific now and talk about some of the actual beliefs that a lot of filmmakers have that prevent them from making the films they want and from making real progress in their careers and lives. And this was another question that I posed to my guests this season. Let's start with Zach Arnold. I think one of the, the biggest words that you hear in just about anybody's script is the word just. Oh, I'm, I'm just an assistant. Or, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm just a PA. I could never do that. Or I'm just an editor. I could never be a director. These are scripts that creative people write for themselves not allowing themselves to take on the identity of what they want to become. Next up is Kurt Jaimungle. 
He told me a story about a client that he was working with, and she owned a very successful production company, but she was looking to grow. She was looking to expand, but just couldn't seem to do it for whatever reason. And he asked why she didn't just expand globally because she was just in the United States at the time. And that's not a, a groundbreaking suggestion at all, but it was instrumental for uncovering her limiting beliefs. And it seemed like she knows that strategy of expanding globally, but she was telling herself the story in her head that if I expand globally, I'm not going to be able to control the content. I also don't like approaching people um, uh, over, like I don't like talking to new people. I like my existing client base and I, I have anxiety over approaching new prospects, especially if they're overseas, because I know the States, something like that. So it's fear. It's still fear and anxiety that was holding her back. And it was a story she was telling herself that was producing that fear and that anxiety. And lastly, here's Alex Ferrari. We'll throw yeah. obstacles in front of ourselves before the thing that we're trying to do throws obstacles in front of ourselves. Because believe me, as filmmakers, there's plenty of obstacles to go around. There's plenty of things that are going to be thrown in your path to screw up what you're trying to do. So don't throw obstacles in front of yourself. Don't tell stories to yourself that you can't do something because of I'm, I'm black, I'm white, I'm Latino, I'm a woman, I have no legs. I, I literally, literally, I'm not kidding you, but Robert, I literally got an email from a, a filmmaker in Europe who's blind. Nice. He's made 10 features, okay? 10 he's made. And he he's a guy who could have easily easily just said well, i'm blind i can't be a filmmaker i'm blind how can i be a filmmaker i'm blind and he went off and, and he's making content left and right and he figured it out it's his it's his world and he said i'm gonna take it i'm gonna take it by the balls don't tell yourself stories that are not true because you're yeah. scared because at the end of the day the only reason you're doing that is because you're scared because you're scared you're afraid of what might happen if you make it or what might happen if you don't make it. And you have to be self-aware enough to understand that. So here are a few more examples of beliefs that I've consistently found with other filmmakers that I've worked with just as, as friends or in my coaching practice. So one of the big ones is I'm just not talented enough to make something just amazing and breathtaking enough to actually stand out and get noticed in such a noisy world where so many people are producing work. And that's a huge limiting belief because if you tell yourself that, you're never going to try making something amazing that will actually get noticed and stand out. And another one that I hear a lot, and that probably makes me the maddest of all of these, is that you either sell out or you have to be a starving artist. There is no in-between. The gross underlying subtext of this belief is that if you actually make money from your work, you've done something immoral, you've betrayed your artistic sensibilities, and you've let down the people who were looking up to you. And it's a shame because this kind of thinking prevents very talented people with great things to say. It prevents them from bringing their work out into society and, and making the kind of money that they actually deserve because their work is beneficial to society, but they don't want to sell out. And ultimately, they end up living in a prison of their own making and staying in the poorhouse because of this one underlying belief. And one last example that I want to use before we move on is my lifelong struggle with money. 
for as long as I can remember, I've had this story in my head that I'm just bad with money. And this story played out in like all the most predictable and rather unfortunate ways. Like I just sucked with my money. I was really irresponsible. I bought things I couldn't afford with money I didn't have and ended up in debt because of it. And I was never able to really stick to a budget or consistently track how much I was spending on certain types of things. But that was fine because the story I was telling myself in my head was that I just wasn't the kind of person who was good with money. And my actions, what I was doing with my money, lined up with that story, so it felt okay. Now, this is something that I've changed completely in 2018, and it's really been a testament to the power of changing your beliefs. So in a moment, I'm going to tell you the end of that story, and we're also going to talk about how to start recognizing these harmful beliefs in yourself, stop them in their tracks, and then replace them with something better. All of that and more is coming right at you after the break. Hold tight. This season is sponsored by my friends over at Music Vine. So you've obviously got a lot of choices these days when it comes to finding music for your films, but Music Vine is still my personal favorite. Not only is it super simple to find music that actually enhances your work, but it's also genuinely affordable, even for indie filmmakers on shoestring budgets. But here's the best part. The music is all thoughtful, expressive, and genuine. It's sourced from indie artists all over the globe who put the same care and attention to detail into their music as you do into your films. And that's why all of the tunes in this podcast come straight from the Music Vine library. So if you like what you hear in today's show, you can get five free songs fully licensed for web and social when you go to filmfreedomshow.com slash music. And as an added bonus, whenever you're ready to grab more tracks, the code FILMFREEDOM will get you 25% off your first purchase. So again, go to filmfreedomshow.com slash music for those five free tracks, and use promo code FILMFREEDOM for 25% off. All right, let's get back to the episode. All right, so let's start talking about how to identify your limiting beliefs, and then work through the process for actually changing them. So... First and foremost, it is not that easy to spot limiting beliefs, and it doesn't really happen without some semblance of self-awareness. But luckily, we talked about that quite a bit in the first episode this season. So if you haven't listened to that yet, I'd recommend just going back and doing that real quick, because it lays a good strong foundation for everything we're about to talk about and everything we're talking about for the rest of this season. So once you've got that down, here are a few of my favorite techniques for finding your limiting beliefs. So number one is what I call the on-the-spot method. And this is when you find yourself sabotaging yourself in some way, or you find yourself in some kind of emotional pain related to an area of your life that you'd like to change. And the goal here is just to stop, self-reflect a little bit, and see if you can spot the underlying beliefs that are driving your actions. And you can ask yourself a series of questions. Why did I just make that choice? What was the line of thinking that drove my actions that got me here? And there are two things that really make this work. The first is that you not judge your thoughts or really overthink it because you want this to be as close to stream of consciousness as possible because that's how you uncover some of these beliefs that might not be readily apparent. And second, it's highly recommended that you write this stuff down um, either in a journal like freehand or in like the notes app on your computer um, or even if you want to like speak it into a voice recorder that can work really well also. 
And when you do those two things, like mixing stream of consciousness with, with like writing it down or getting it out, that's how you can find some of that really good stuff. So that's the on the spot method. The next is what I call the fill in the blank method. And this one is a little bit more hypothetical. So first you just have to come up with a situation that you're struggling with. So for example, you might say, I can't make a film right now. And then you just add the word because at the end of it, then finish that sentence out loud or in a document like before. Um, so for example, you might say, I can't make a film right now because I don't have enough experience because I don't have the right equipment because I don't have the right connections because it won't be good enough to live up to my expectations because no one will see it anyway. So what's the point? See how that works? Every single one of those is a limiting belief. And honestly, I'm sure we could come up with plenty more if we just put a little bit more effort into it. And like before, the key to making this work is really writing it down or recording your answers in some way and then not judging or overthinking. Because again, that stream of consciousness is very powerful and you can come up with some stuff that you you wouldn't otherwise do if you were if you were judging everything that you wrote or everything that you said. So the third technique for finding your limiting beliefs is something we've already talked about a little bit, and that's surrounding yourself with people who are achieving the kind of results that you want to achieve in your life. Um, and just asking them to point out your limiting beliefs to you. Because if there's one thing I've learned about people who achieve a lot in their lives, it's that they are very, very good at spotting self-limiting beliefs. Like for some reason, they are glaringly obvious to high-achieving people, and they will be more than happy to point them out. So a great way to do this is to put together a little mastermind group of people who are trying to accomplish similar goals to you um, in film, in business, whatever it happens to be. Um, and you just get together either in person or online on a, on a relatively set schedule and you work through your goals and your setbacks and your obstacles and you keep each other accountable. So this is a great way to make progress on whatever you happen to be struggling with or whatever you're passionate about and to surround yourself with people who will help you spot those underlying beliefs. So here's what to do when you find underlying beliefs. You just need to ask a series of questions. The first is how do I know this is true? And you really need to question every assumption you make here and find what's really honestly true and act like a journalist more than anything else where you're looking for real evidence for every assumption that you make. Because this is how you find the beliefs that are based on real verifiable information and the ones that have no logical foundation. And the second question you need to ask is, is this belief serving me? Is it helping you reach the goals that you want to achieve in your life? Or is it holding you back from them? So if your answers to those two questions come back, I can't prove it and it's not serving me, then you've got a belief that's worth changing, which is the perfect segue into this next section about how to change your beliefs for good. Now, Changing your beliefs is a bit of a tricky process, and you've got to commit to it 100%. And you've also got to be willing to solve this problem on a foundational level, not a tactical one. Anything less than that, and you might make a little bit of progress, but you'll eventually fail and fall back into your old behaviors. You have to trust me on this one. And this is something that Kurt Jaimungle from Indie Film TO mentioned in our conversation, and it really struck me as being true, both in the people that I've coached and in my own life. So you may think that your problem is strategical or tactical, 
But what I find is that four out of five times, it's either a state problem, you're just in a low energy state and you don't like your life, or it's a story problem where you're telling yourself something that is not true or has untested assumptions. Yeah, that quote really hits home for me. But anyhow, let's get back to my story about being bad with money and work through this example. And at the end, we're gonna break down some of the tactics and techniques I used to make this work. So I've tried multiple times throughout my life to get my finances in order, but instead of attacking the underlying story I was telling myself, I'd just try new tactics or download some cool budgeting app and tell myself, hey, I made it, I'm good with money now. Nope, like Kurt mentioned, I had a story problem. And without attacking the story and just trying to solve it with new tactics, Every single time I'd be back to my, my old bad money habits within two to three weeks. So here's what I've been doing in 2018 that's been actually working for me. And granted, 2018 is, is only five, we're only like five months into 2018 as I record this, but so far the progress has been astounding. Here's what I did. So first up, I got absolutely fed up with being broke and in debt and just constantly stressed about money. So I decided that I was going to change my story around money and use my new story to change my habits. So the first thing I, I did here was come to terms with all of my bad decisions from the past. I told myself, I didn't do all of these things because I'm inherently bad with money. I did these things because I told myself a bad story and I made bad decisions based on that story. And from now on, I'm gonna tell myself a good story and allow that good story to drive good decisions. Now, this is really important to sort of stop and note here because when you're changing your beliefs, you're really changing your decisions and your actions. That's what it's all about. It doesn't matter how many mental tricks you do if you do like affirmations and mantras and whatever. If your new story isn't backed up by consistent action, then it doesn't matter. Your life will not change. Anyhow, that was a little tangent. So after that, I asked myself, what kinds of actions would I be taking if I was good with money? And the answers to this are pretty obvious. You know, I would be making and sticking to a budget every month, not using my credit cards at all and paying off that debt. I would finally separate my business and personal finances and be an adult. I would consistently stash money away for taxes instead of freaking out every April. And notice I'm not talking about things like investing strategy and retirement and cryptocurrency and all these things that people love to talk about when it comes to finance. It's really important to just start with the basics, the foundational stuff, because there's really not much point in talking about any of that other stuff unless you're nailing the basics. So anyhow, based on those answers, I started building a budget and working with it every single day. I made a habit that first thing every morning, I go through and import my expenses and categorize them and make sure they fit with the money I've budgeted. That's a habit that I do every single day now. And sure enough, I have a much better sense of where my money is going and more of my dollars are going towards the things that I care about and my priorities. By the way, if this is something you've struggled with as well, um, I recommend a piece of software called YNAB. It stands for You Need a Budget. It has been rocking my world this year and I can't recommend it highly enough. Now beyond that, I've also been doing some similar processes with my business finances. I've been working to make more, all of this stuff, but it all stemmed from this story I was telling myself about being good with money, that I am good with money now and I'm going to make decisions that are in alignment with this new story. So, 
That's where I'm at this year. I've completely changed my relationship to money. So here's like the subtext of that story, the underlying strategies that I used. The first thing to note is that one of the best times to change your story is when you're at peak frustration. You know those, those moments when your story has led you to a bad place, you've made bad decisions, you're feeling bad. You can use that energy to not only find your underlying beliefs and change them, but to build systems and habits into your life that incorporate the behaviors you need. And that's important. We're going to get back to that in a second. Now, another important thing here is asking yourself better questions to bolster your emotional state and identify what you should be doing. So in my case, I asked myself, how would I feel if I didn't have to worry about money every single day? And I really let myself get washed over with that feeling and, and get deep into it because that's something that I haven't really experienced in my life, but I want to not be stressed about money. I deeply, truly want it. And that gave me more energy to keep on doing what I want to do. And the other question I asked myself, if you remember, was if I was good with money, what actions would I be taking? And that's important because remember, your new story and your new beliefs, it doesn't really matter unless you're taking action in alignment with it. So ask yourself questions like that to find the actions that you should be taking. And then obviously you want to take action, which leads me into the next point. You want to be able to reinforce your new beliefs with small identifiable wins because new stories and new beliefs almost always feel awkward and insincere at first. But through consistent actions, you can you can prove to yourself that your new identity and your new story is here to stay. So it really is about habits here because those daily or weekly actions are how you'll eventually come to believe that your new identity is real. That's why that consistency of action is so, so important. And the last tip here is one that I've also struggled with a little bit this year. And that's that you probably will regress and maybe make some choices that are in alignment with your old bad story again. It seems to happen to everybody at some point. So don't beat yourself up about this. Instead, you should treat yourself like the hero of your own story. And I mean, really think about the fundamentals of storytelling here. The hero of a story has to suffer setbacks and defeats along the way. That's what gives a story meaning. That's what makes it worth engaging with. But the hero always triumphs in the end and becomes the person they want and need to be. That's like the core essence of storytelling and what makes storytelling connect with us as humans. So treat yourself like that. Treat yourself like the hero of your story. And I'll never presume to know enough about you to tell you what your belief should be. But that one right there, being the hero of your own story, that's one that I think we should all hold dear and true. Because as filmmakers, we are going to encounter obstacles. So many obstacles. But when you're the hero of a story, those obstacles are just part of the story. They're just there before you get to the good stuff at the end. So, uh, yeah. With all of that said, you now have more than enough information to go out there and find the beliefs that are holding you back. Stop them from sabotaging you in your life and in your career and in your filmmaking endeavors. And actually replace those beliefs with something more empowering that will ultimately get you to where you want to be. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I hope you do all of this stuff because it is very, very powerful. And if you've been stuck behind some kind of mental roadblock in your life, there's a very good chance that it all stems from some toxic beliefs. So now you have the formula for dealing with that and getting over those roadblocks.
and I really hope you do, and I wish you the best of luck. All right, friend, that is a wrap on today's episode. And if you want some detailed notes on all the concepts I talked about today, you can head over to the show notes at filmfreedomshow.com slash 12. And that's where you'll be able to find all of these concepts sort of listed out with, with bullet points so that you don't have to dive back into the episode just to reference stuff. And I hope you find that useful. I've also got further reading there um, from some of the places where I learned about a lot of this belief material. So if you're interested in going deeper, I've made it easier for you to do so. And just a reminder, this season is sponsored by my friends over at Black Box. It's a platform that helps filmmakers collaborate effortlessly, get their work to the market, and then share in the revenue. Now, as I record this, Black Box is the absolute best way to get into the world of stock footage. Just upload to the platform once and watch as your footage is distributed to all of the major stock companies. But in the months and years to come, you'll be able to distribute all kinds of media through the platform, from shorts to features to series. Mark my words, it's going to revolutionize how we approach distribution. And now is your chance to get in on the ground floor. So to learn more about Blackbox and its exciting future, go to blackbox.global freedom. Again, that's blackbox.global freedom. So thanks for listening. And if you found this useful, it would be really great if you could do one of two things. Either leave a review on the iTunes store or just tell your friends about it because most podcasts grow through word of mouth. And those are the only ways that this show is going to get in the hands of more filmmakers and help more people. So if you dig what I'm doing here, please write a review or tell your friends about it. It would mean the world to me. Thanks again, and I will see you in the next episode. Peace out.